hail our fair Riverdale. Register. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Riverdale Register. This weekend, Caitlin is not here, so my name is John, and with me, our special guest is... Hi, I'm Beth. I am uh, John's sister. Yeah, longtime sister of mine. <laughs> longtime sister, longtime fan of the pod. You've done, you were in a, uh, one of our episodes, right? You were in one of our bunker episodes? Yes, I think when you hit a point of desperation in the bunker, you were like, come on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the bunker, everyone was going through something at that point in yeah. time. <laughs> Didn't we pitch a bunker-themed episode of Riverdale? Wasn't well, that like, our well, episode? Well, I thought I wrote a spec where Archie was already trapped in the bunker for most of it. And oh, that was like no, a while it wasn't ago. bunker. It was pandemic-themed. That's right, it. it right, was, we were... I, I think I. it was uh, Archie was going to fight the pandemic. <laughs> he was going to fight coronavirus. <laughs> sounded ridiculous then, but now increasingly plausible on this show. It's all coming together. <laughs> now, is Veronica immune to the, the, the coronavirus? I would say based on this episode... Veronica is immune to the coronavirus. Now, is but, Veronica the coronavirus? But she might be the super spreader <laughs> spreading the coronavirus to everyone. <laughs> now, I expect this episode to go very well because we are not at all known for having shorthand that makes other people not understand what we're saying. Yeah, this is going to go great for your audience. <laughs> it's going to be so good. I had texted Caitlin to say if she had anything she wanted to say to you all as the message from the audience this week. And uh, she said, I've been driving all day and theorizing what the episode will be about, LOL. So she hasn't seen it yet. But she says, uh, did this episode make you ship Bughead again? That's what Twitter said. Is this a question I'm, I have to answer? Uh, a um, we. Okay, I, you know what? It didn't make me ship them again, but it was a really good reminder of why people did. Like it really, I, like, yeah. I was like, oh man. Like, I, I was trying to figure out if it was old clips, because it seemed like old clips, where I was I was like, man, they really have great chemistry. Yeah. They really do. Yeah, they the, the scenes that they that they pulled out of their hat this week were some of the strongest scenes that reinforced that connection, too. Okay, but do you think that Lily Reinhardt just has chemistry with everybody? Because, like, that's a takeaway I had in this episode, where I was like... Are you just like really like <laughs> like the chemistry with Archie is good, the chemistry with Jughead right, is good. Right. There's like a whole moment where like we'll get we'll get there. But uh Veronica at this point I was like she I felt like she was propositioned by multiple people this week, <laughs> including Betty, where yeah. I was like, Are you proposing a threesome? What is it happening? Did, it here? was getting close to that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um I <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, could Lily Reinhardt do a movie where she has to talk to a tennis ball that will be animated at some point later? Could she have that kind of I think she'd be skill? making bedroom eyes at that tennis ball. <laughs> She's so good at it. Yeah. Oh, man. I hope she, I, of, of all of them, I think she might be the most likely to explode out of this. But I don't know where she's going to go next. Uh, she did Hustlers, but she hasn't been in other movies, right? Yeah, it's so hard to say, like... I, I always think you, like, never really know who is going to break out out of, like, anything. But I don't know. It's interesting because she's got a really soft look, like, really soft face that mm. I don't think always plays well in movies. Hmm. Like, I, I just don't see it a lot, but I do see it a lot on TV. 
And I do think she'll keep working because she's incredibly talented. Yeah, maybe she'll get on like some network show after this for like a while. It could be. I mean, she could also or... go like like something <clears throat> like flight attendant. When I think of like Kaylee Cuoco, mm. like I feel like Lily Reinhardt could have like a really weird, interesting yeah. career like Kaylee Cuoco. And I think she's she's kind she's very popular among a niche audience. Yes, which is something I know streamers are into when they they're casting. They love having Instagram followers when they're casting. You got it. You got to get it out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole thing. So she might have like a Netflix or a Hulu or a, a Paramount Plus series ahead of her. Paramount Plus. If anyone if anyone other than us watched Paramount service. Plus, the greatest streaming service. Actually, that might be Apple TV. It's a toss up for me right now. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Okay. This episode is chapter 109, Venomous. Now, I found three things this title could be based on. Oh, my God. And and they are all entertaining in various Tell ways. Me. <laughs> so the first is a book called uh, Venomous, How Earth's Deadliest Creatures Mastered Biochemistry, which is a nonfiction book about venoms and animals that use them and how they work and how what they can do to the human body and biochemistry and medicine today, which could be where they're getting the title for this episode from because it's not too dissimilar from the book on spiders she I mean, reads Veronica at the end of the is episode. a creature secreting a venom. <laughs> right, right. But that's not as fun as some of the other options. Like uh, Venomous, a book by Christopher Crovatin. It's a it's a more of a, a YA drama, which is why I thought it could be the one that someone read. <clears throat> it's about a kid named Locke Venetti. Locke? Wait, spelled Locke, how? L-O-C-K-E. Locke Venetti. Oh, his parents hate him. He is a high school junior, disenchanted and more than a little hostile. In fact, for years he's had a lousy social life because of the problem he has with his anger, a force he calls the Venom. <laughs> no. Ever since he was eight years old and bit off a piece of a classmate's nose, he's been something of a loner. But all that is about to change when he goes out with his one friend, Randall, to meet some of Randall's crew hanging out at Riverside Park. Because in addition to Megan's kindred spirit, Casey, who has his own problems with his own kind of venom, Locke meets the spiky blue fairy haircut goth girl of his dreams. And if their relationship is going to work, he knows he has to rid himself of the venom once and for all. Interspersed with comic book adventures of the fantasy anti-hero alter ego Locke has invented for himself, Venomous is a fast-paced, funny, and ferocious read about one teenage boy's struggle with his inner demons. I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> I mean, like, I, on one level, I'm like, it feels like the odds are low because I don't usually reach to, like, weird books that no one's like read. It, right. But on the other hand, I was like, half of that sounds like a Riverdale episode. <laughs> it sounds like this Riverdale episode. Like, yeah. If Archie were a bit more like Jughead, it'd be like, my venom. It just comes. Or, like, the way they say the darkness is like. Darkness. My venom. Yeah. Well, and and the whole comic book aspect, too, right, in this right. episode. The 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 pixie dream girl thing is like a. Eh, I don't know if this is this world. You know, I don't think Riverdale's ever really done a manic pixie dream girl. No, I would say no. Because yeah, every a... new character you meet is someone to be suspicious of and fear. Yeah, or, or is just like. You know you're never going to see them again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the third one is a uh, 2001, I think, TV movie called Venomous, which is my favorite. Here's the description. Mutant snakes survived a terrorist attack on a government laboratory, and they now threaten the surface of Santa Myra Springs, California. Seismic activity has brought snakes to the surface where residents are being bitten. Victims can transmit the virus to healthy persons. The military puts the town under quarantine. Local physicians try to control the epidemic, while the military is primarily concerned with keeping the virus a secret. I mean, it's obviously that one. It's gotta be. Um, Because of the Southside Serpent Connection. (laughs) (laughs) 
Although here, I have a question for you. Do you think that there's also a possibility that they've been doing, as you, I think you called it second choice titles. Mm -hmm. Just Veronica sings Toxic. But they don't call it toxic. They call it venomous. Hmm. Like, do you think that they were like, hmm, same wheelhouse like they've done in some of yeah, these other types? Yeah, like the mist maybe. and the fog? And why? What? Has something changed? Has whoever's been clearing these titles, like, lost connections they used to have? I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're just not as strict as they used to be. Or maybe they just don't. Maybe it is about the CW like changing ownership thing. I don't think so no? because you don't you don't have to necessarily clear like it's not like using a song or using something you know what I mean like to to use it as a title because I used to do the titles for Switched at Birth mm -hmm. which were all named after paintings and that was like not even it was just like which painting goes best with this episode I spent a lot of time on Art Wikipedia yeah being like. What, I would ask the writer, like, what are the themes of this episode? Mm -hmm. And then uh, they'd be like, I don't know, you know, sadness. And I'd be like, okay. And I'd go <laughs> away and, like, come up with a bunch of synonyms for sadness and yeah. then, like, type them into Art Wikipedia and try and find both art that would match and titles that would match. And I have to imagine naming this is sort of like that. You, th you think like, they just start with the episode and go, let's find like a yeah, piece of pop culture. Ephemera. Yeah, like what's something in our episode that we can pull out and like make a pop culture title out mm -hmm. of? Would be my guess. But then it seems like they've gotten real lazy about it. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> do, you, would you, do you think it's uh, worth it for shows to like theme their titles like that? Because sometimes they pick something that they just don't have enough distance with. Uh, I think of Blindspot, how like they were doing like an anagram title thing, and I think they just gave up on that at a certain point. Oh my god, that's so hard. That's so much extra work. Right. My thing is like, I like it as long as it isn't creating a huge amount of extra work, mm -hmm. and also as long as they're not named after pop songs. <laughs> I so it's like, good. It's not called that's, toxic. That's uh, Grey's Anatomy. Every episode was named after a song. Really? Song lyric. Yeah. It's still to this day? I think so. Over a decade of storytelling. Basically. And, like, every now and then they'll break that form for, like, a specific thing. Right. But, like, I kind of liked it on Switch. Like, I thought that was interesting or an interesting way to do it. Hmm. And I like the ones that do it where it's, like, a quote from their episode. So, like, yeah. they'll pick out, like, one line of dialogue. I always liked um, the way Mr. Robot did it where it was kind of, like... Like, oh, like hackers yeah. speak hackers like speak. a like a like an application kind of exe file thing. Yeah, it it's interesting. Like I will say, it is incredibly hard to name an episode of TV. <laughs> I have noticed this now now in my career, in which I actually have had to do it. And you're just like, I remember, like it, it also depends on your boss. Because mm -hmm. I remember being like, I was on a on a show. I won't say which one. <laughs> And I was like, what kind of titles are getting approved? And we kind of took the list, and I was like, ah, artsy titles <laughs> that may or may not have anything to do with what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I just made one up, and they were like, that sounds great. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just, eh. It's like so much less thought through than people think. Where well, I had something. Uh, what do we do now, John? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. You're doing great. This episode was written by Tessa Williams, and Tessa Williams oh. is basically my favorite writer on the show. She writes all the musical episodes. Her last episode was Next to Normal, and then she wrote Wicked Little Town, and she wrote In Treatment with Gina Torres. This is a good episode, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, but it's an episode while I'm watching, I thought, man, this could have gone wrong in so many ways. I, You know what I thought during this? I was like, this is an episode where whoever is writing it remembers continuity. That's Every time I watch one of her episodes, I'm like, 
huh, this thing has a long memory on it. <laughs> yeah, like the entire Betty, everything with Betty and then sort of Betty and Jughead, I was like, oh, you actually know what happened with Betty and Jughead, <laughs> and you're trying to, like, rectify continuity that is insane yeah. with this. Yeah. So, like, honestly, Matt, like, props to her. She does hard work. <laughs> she really, she digs in. Uh, is there going to be a musical this season? Do they I believe do there's supposed to be one this season. I just don't remember oh, what it's God, supposed to what be. Could it po- Maybe they'll, by then they'll be doing like Little Shop of Horrors and it'll turn out it was all like an evil plant. I would love it if the reveal <laughs> is that Percival is just an evil plant. <laughs> oh, that's A best. dark seed that like... grew off the Riverdale shore. <laughs> Feed me, Betty. Feed me. <laughs> This episode was directed by Lisa Sober. It is her third directing credit ever after a short called Stray, an episode of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Chapter 31, The Weird. I didn't watch it. And then uh, several episodes of Pretty Little Liars' Original Sin, which Caitlin will lose her mind over. That's awesome. I thought it was really well directed. Yeah. I thought she did a great job. Yeah, especially the Mindscape stuff. Yeah. There was that very cool um, Betty and Jughead, like camera move mm-hmm. thing that I was like, ooh, It appears style. that Lisa was a production designer until recently okay. uh, on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and Peacemaker, which Dad will love. <laughs> oh, and she did the Batwoman pilot. Oh, nice. Good for her. Good for her. It's kind of cool to go from production designer to director. I feel like yeah. more now, more, more recently than ever, I feel like production designers should be getting a lot more credit and recognition for a lot of work just finished Severance, which is just like a feat of production design yeah. from start to finish. Uh, the Batman, I'm like the thing, my favorite thing about it is how it looks, how it feels, the production design. Of yeah, it. it's sort of unusual to go from that to director because I think it takes so much work to be a production designer. Yeah, and it's not like the same job. No, but it is a visual job, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hmm. There are four plot lines in this episode. Oh we gosh. have the worst idea Archie has ever had. We have Betty's Mind comic log box. Uh, we have Poison Ivy, and we have, should I, like, text her? (laughs) That was a full plot on this. (laughs) Oh my god. Like, I don't know, should we, I, should we start small and then go big, or should we just start Where do you want to, what do you want to talk about first? You know what? I want to talk about Archie's worst idea ever. Okay. So in this episode, we learn that Jughead has a deep collection of Golden Age comics, which is funny. He says he's very poor. I think there's a lot of value in his Golden Age comic book collection. It depends if he has number ones or not. Oh, true. Or first appearances. Archie is hostile to Reggie and Percival when he meets them outside Pops one day. Reggie says the mayor's taking them to great places, and Percival says, I'm still in the show, I'm gonna replace this diner with a, with a railroad. And then he doesn't say anything else for the rest of the episode. I mean, okay, I my reaction to that was just like, again, what era does Riverdale live in? He literally was like, I gotta clear this old diner to make way for a railroad. And I was like, what kind of old-timey villain <laughs> motivation we'll is that? prospecting for gold! Like, <laughs> It was just so funny where, you know, not that there shouldn't be a railroad, but, like, we live in a moment where you don't have to demolish the diner to do that. Uh, it it is like, what are you adding to town? A railroad and a hotel. Hotel for what? What are they staying also, for? Also, railroad for what? <laughs> like, what is the, does a railroad, will it have a stop in Riverdale? Mm-hmm. Is it going to bring, is there, in, like, does are we. Does it go straight to hell? 
maybe. But like, are they like doing? I don't know how bad the the maple syrup trade is right now, but like, what is going on the train? Is it like cargo? Is it wood? Is it palladium? Like, what it's is being progress. loaded on the train? It's a train of progress. All right, uh, it's just what's the wild. what's the thing in? Uh, it's the, the carousel, carousel of progress. Carousel of progress. Archie wants to fight, but Percival's got a sweet new palladium ring now. So. Oh, classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tabitha's hitting some dead ends in Albany, so she's not in this episode either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Archie's upset they can't get a win on Percival, which is what I was actually complaining about last week on this show, was that they're all playing defense, and I'd love for our characters to get a win. Yeah. Not that they do that this week. I mean, not no. directly to him. Archie causes a problem and then solves it within himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of, like... There's, like, a style going on in Riverdale right now where they're like, we've got to do that right away. And then they don't. It's like, there was, wasn't there an episode where Betty was like, there's another survivor? Yes, yes. I have to meet that her other right agent now. Was like, and someone else survived. Like, I got to talk to her immediately. And we never, never saw Never saw person. And it's like, I think they're going to get back to that. But it's like, like, we got we to gotta get a beat on Percival right now. And by right now, I mean four episodes from now. Right. But also, it doesn't seem like they're in any immediate danger from him. No. I mean, what is he going to do? Punch Archie with a special ring? I I think he wants... He's much like uh, uh, in our own childhood, when I would annoy you sure. into coming after me. Sure. That's Percival's he, he's, plan he's with Archie. He's provoking <laughs> yeah. That makes a lot of sense. They echo Rivervale, because Archie's like, you read comic books? And Jughead says, I contain multitudes. Did you notice he said multitudes super weird? No. He said multitudes. And then they cut to the other clip where he says it and he said it normal. And I watched it twice. It was, See, the universes are different. Yeah, the universes are different because in the the main continuity universe, Cole Sprouse can't pronounce the word I, multitudes. I was distracted by how different his hair looked. I, I thought I, I didn't even realize that oh, it was yeah. so different back then. But. I thought his hair looked really good this episode. Yeah. You know, but it was well, kind of like he back, was an angel, it's just... But it was back to his, like, <clears throat> old style. Like, it, it really was, like, back to, like, I mean, you know, seeing wavy. him in the hat made me miss the hat you a lot. miss the hat. I was, kinda, I was like, ah, yeah. oh, that was a different guy. <laughs> but it was like, he had hat hair. He yeah. had he had the hair that went with the hat, as opposed to he's had it slicked back a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, Jughead's mom had all the comics in Toledo, and apparently they're in pretty good speaking conditions if she's going to mail all those out to him. Because as we know, yeah. comic books are a little bit expensive to mail far across the country. They are heavy. Yeah. Those boxes are heavy. It's a lot. Also, it means that she like kept them somewhere that wasn't like a shed or a basement <clears throat> that might flood yeah, or I whatnot. I assume somewhere like, in the... They're in good condition. <laughs> she cares. She cares about her son. She will never see her again. Right. Gina Gershon, Gina somewhere Gershon out there, caring about her son. Cares about her son enough to protect his comic books. <laughs> Not with her husband or child. or And she's just alone out there in the FP world. FP is alive. Right? Well, FP's out with the daughter, right? Well, Jellybean's grown by this point. So they well, yeah, Will they cast a new Jellybean to get ignored for many episodes? No, we'll never hear from her again. She doesn't exist. <laughs> she's gone. Is she a phone? She's in Chicago, <laughs> like everyone else. Archie asks if Superman beat Kryptonite. Not that he's ever managed to do so permanently. That's, that's what I thought. I was like, what do you mean beat Kryptonite? Like, that's just not... That's not... But, like, Jughead gives a good Jughead answer. says that there was an old comic where Superman built up an immunity through exposure. Arguably, mm-hmm. judging by his issues, Golden Age, Silver Age, the kind of era where Superman would shoot fingertips Superman... Sorry, shoot mini <laughs> Superman out of his fingertips for an issue... 
Right. Nothing was permanent there back then. There definitely, like, <clears throat> fully believe there was an issue of Superman where he was like, I'm going to build up a resistance. And then he does it in one yeah, issue. Right. And it solves his immediate problem, and then it goes away immediately. Yeah, because yeah. that is what comics used to be like. And still sometimes are like. Yeah, I think there's some, like, more recent stuff where they're saying, like, if Superman's under different solar radiation, his powers change or something. And if he goes right. to, like, a quasar, he'll be able to not be affected by kryptonite because they'll have so much solar radiation. Right, or, but on the other hand, it would be like, oh, if he built up an immunity, it's like for 12 issues, he'll build up an immunity and then it'll right, go away. Right. As Eventually, opposed to like one issue. Yeah, yeah, He's he goes through phases. I remember him yeah. taking a bite out of some once and being like, need salt to some kryptonite. <laughs> Archie weighs himself 202 pounds, uh, puts on a palladium na- necklace and goes to a punching bag where his knuckles bleed, hitting mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would never... If my knuckles start bleeding when I'm punching something, I don't think I could continue. To be fair, he's not wearing gloves. That's right, he just has he the, just the wraps. Has, and he doesn't even, like, <clears throat> fully have wraps. Like, your skin on your knuckles is very thin. Mm-hmm. If you're going to punch a bag without gloves for an extended period of time... Right. I, I think with or without palladium sickness, you're very capable of messing up your hands. <laughs> I just think it's, like, immediately the worst idea, where he's like, oh, this is gonna be great. Ah! (laughs) All right, keep going. I mean, I did love that he was like, I got a box in this really giant bling. Like, it was, like, just, it was, like, a really big, like... Yeah, it's a big hunk. uh, You know, if the problem is all the palladium that causes him weaknesses, he could sell it, get it it out of the city, and then make lots of money, because it's very valuable. Yeah, but, like, you'd still never know. Then, like, it could come back around because you sold it. Like, who do you sell it to? I so know, I kinda, Some guy in China. I was like, it's not, like, a bad idea to build up an immunity, but he did it in the most archy way possible, right. which was, like, let me take the biggest chunk of it I can find, and then I'll wear it while punching things. Right, running, running entirely on a guy going, I don't know, I guess this happened once in the 60s in the comic book. Right, I will take all of my scientific information from this comic book. Right. Because that's how I operate now this makes sense uh, it makes <laughs> yeah, sense this is my world. i'm a superhero now uh-huh so i'm just gonna do exactly what superman would do mm-hmm. which is funny because it's not a thing superman necessarily ever did he's never been <laughs> successful at it yeah nana's casually looking at a painting of a giant spider on presumably cheryl's bare chest <laughs> the I... house. yes when cheryl comes in saying nana have you seen my book on rasputin and nana says yes of course i was just reading it last night <laughs> I mean, we have to assume the the spider, we'll get to the Cheryl part, but like that painting was made by Cheryl. There's <laughs> right, no way. Right, right, Like even from the way it's displayed, it's like, oh, that's, someone was working on that painting. Mm-hmm. So Cheryl is A, still painting. Nice to know she has a hobby. Yeah. And B, painting a giant spider on her bare chest. <laughs> oh, I love her so much. Mm-hmm. They're like, what does this picture mean? And she's like, I thought it would look good. Nana has a lot of good lines this episode. <laughs> like, including, like, I was reading Rasputin last night. Uh, she thinks the book could help Archie. Betty asks if Archie is okay when she sees him at the home. He says yes while hiding his hands in his hoodie and then asks her to open a can for him. And as soon as she says, why, he reveals his hands to her. <laughs> All right, you got me. <laughs> but he was, like, so sheepish about it. And it was, like... The can thing was cute. Mm-hmm. I'll like I'll give it I'll give it up to Tessa. Like it was like a cute little role reversal thing. Yeah. That was like nice. You just want to get to that can. Even if it was stupid, I, like it, and it would have made more sense if it was a jar. <laughs> because like, they have a can opener. 
<laughs> they had an automatic can opener. Right. He doesn't even have a problem. Like, well, even a li- little like it's not like oh, I gotta like stretch my right. hand to do this. That's right. You can you can have your hands as like pincers and kind of maybe get that to work. <laughs> He's realizing that the palladium doesn't just make him not invulnerable; it makes him much weaker than normal. But he can't stop doing it. He can't be weak with Percival around, even though he is now weaker than he's ever been. Cheryl comes to see him. Archie looks terrible. He has so many blankets on. There's a fire off in the corner. And she's like, I got problem solved. It's the pendant's the problem. I made you palladium soup. It's that sounds liquid so palladium. Bad. It's like it's... water that's been seeped in palladium. I don't really know. I, yeah. <clears throat> a, I have no idea what that means. B, it sounds like a really bad like Instagram advertised <laughs> health thing where you're like, where they're like, eat eat charcoal and you're like the charcoal thing is that how charcoal works thank you thank you (laughs) or like i have a friend who literally did one where it was like you eat clay and like it's supposed to like i was like so you're telling me you just like ate a bunch of clay and she's like yep (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and uh she says it'll make him like rasputin who's a fame like you want to be like rasputin if you don't want to die, that's what he was good at. Do you think Archie has any idea who Rasputin is? She says a line later that I guarantee you he didn't understand. Yes. She's like, you got to balance your humors. And I under- I guarantee the next time was, my humors? Well, <laughs> even when he was like, like, well, what happened to him? She was like, well, eventually, like, he drowned. I was like, you really, you have no, when she's like, Rasputin is the role model for right. you. You were like, that sounds great. Right. He went to see uh, The King's Man and learned about Rasputin for the first time from that movie. Sure, sure. So Archie drinks his palladium and goes to the gym. And the kids love it when he jumps rope. They're all cheering they him on. They are so into him jumping rope, <laughs> even though the edges of his world are very fuzzy. And then he collapses. When he gets up, he's alone in his office. And he goes and weighs himself. And he's now 135 pounds, which is... A pretty steep drop. That's like 70 pounds. Yes. And he was, was he 200 pounds because he was incredibly dense? Or was he always? Or was he just 200 pounds? I don't like, remember if they did like a <laughs> like a weighing thing a la... Um, well, I remember when they first, when he first had superpowers, he stepped on a scale and then it was like, thunk. Like right. It was, did it make, yeah, you're right. So, he said he was getting denser. So I think he was getting heavier. But, but I don't 202 think that doesn't was feel like yeah. an, an extra heavy weight to be. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, I think they forgot about that part. Because mm. that's what I was expecting. I was expecting to be like, oh, it's no longer like thunk. And he was like, <clears throat> oh no. Right. I'm back to normal. Right. Um, but if he's, he said he was 135 pounds. Yeah. I'm 135 pounds. <laughs> which means. Which he Archie, hasn't been since he was in junior high. Archie and I are now in the same weight class for oh, boxing. Oh, man. You could take him on, too. He's weak now. He's, oh, you got him on the ropes. Oh, my God. But his, his body is still so tight. He wouldn't even <laughs> feel it. He wouldn't even feel getting hit. Not even a ripple. No. Archie's hair starts falling out. Oh, man. For a very short second, because I like looked away and looked back, I thought that he had grown <laughs> hair on his knuckles. <laughs> like, Cheryl. Like he had like a full-on like werewolf hair growing Cheryl, out like, his turning knuckles. into a teen wolf. <laughs> Cheryl says, like, no, you're oh, an no. adult. <laughs> oh, no. And then it was like, and then he reached back to his head. I was like, oh, his hair. Oh, uh-huh. that's bad, too. <laughs> he goes to Cheryl. Now what? She says he has anemia means he has no metals in his blood potentially neutralized by palladium which i say yeah sure okay this is like okay i'm having like a 
a Caitlyn moment where I'm like, is that what anemia means? Yeah, yeah. I I'm like I, kind of anemic. unclear. Like anemic, um, I know that you're like That's iron not the one deficient. where they where they where they like their blood doesn't clot, right? I'm thinking of Ezra Miller and Royal Pains. Uh that actually might be the thing where your blood doesn't clot. Yeah? Yeah. That's like a lack of metals in your mm, now I wanna look see? it up. See? Yep. You're like you Google <laughs> stuff on the show. <laughs> oh, lack of iron increases the risk of dangerous blood clots. I don't know that that's the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's not worth getting into. Uh, I know it's iron deficiency. I don't know that it means you've removed all of the metals from your body. But maybe it does. Yeah. I, I don't, don't know. Do you I, trust Cheryl as your doctor? Listen, my only other knowledge of metals and blood is that when, when Mystique injected that guy with a lot of blood, or yeah. metals in his blood in X2, it let Magneto rip it all out of her body, and then he escaped from prison. So having That's, too much metals in your blood is also bad. It's it's very bad. Well, there's also like heavy metal poisoning and whatnot. There was a yes. whole thing. Real things too. Where like uh, like certain artificial joints that were made out of like cobalt. Yes, I like do know about that. People, right, because the body doesn't like, really want that stuff in it. It will reject yeah, those materials. Yeah. That's um, the whole thing about prosthetics is like finding the stuff the body's like, okay, fine. Yeah, the, the body will let live. Um, but like it is also like... I mean, I sort of get why they went to Cheryl for medical advice at this point, but because their only friend who's a doctor is the creepiest guy in is, town, is the creepiest guy in town, and also really cannot help them in this scenario. Like the scenario in which Archie dropped seventy pounds because he's been wearing a magical rock uh-huh. is not super helpful on a true medical <laughs> level. I would love if Doctor Curdle Jr. like had his own like murder board mystery board where he's like i think these kids might have superpowers oh my god the reveal that like hurdle has like deep files <laughs> on all of them it would be incredible <laughs> like and i don't want him to like i don't even want him to be like a lone wolf right. i want him to work for an organization that's not the cia or fbi oh. but like a shadow organization where it turns out that they've been like pulling strings in Riverdale for like seven seasons. Okay, yeah. all right. And it's it's Curdle Junior is the one who's like keeping track of. This. Wait, like no, it's a Wayward Pines experiment. I think Curdle should be uh, us. Us being me and Caitlin, I think you should do the podcast about the true crimes in Riverdale. Oh my god, that'd be amazing! It's like the supernatural thing where there's like the the kid who's got like downloads of their adventures right, into his brain right. has been writing novels about yeah. them for the entire thing. Right, but like, he's always trying to edit himself out of the story. So like, unknown sources tell me the body was, and then he describes in great deal exactly what the body was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Cheryl meets with Archie and Betty, saying that she found a spell of alchemy that could turn palladium into iron. And if she uses her heat powers, Archie could be forged, made impervious to palladium. I really loved when they were like, Archie could be forged. Cause I was like, that's a peak Riverdale thing to say. Like it's like- It's a vague thing it's a vague, that implies strength. Vague, but strong, you know? And then like, you're like, yeah. I want to see Archie get forged. Sure, let's see. Like it's, let's get forged. It's also like kind of like a vaguely sexual thing. You know, <laughs> it, there's just so many elements where I was like, yeah, that tracks for the show. <laughs> uh, are there side effects? Well, the heat could kill him. Right, but of he course. he is already mm. dying. And it's not the season finale yet, so he'll probably be okay. Yeah, yeah. He does ask for one last night of touching Betty on a mound of pillows in the living room. I definitely laughed at the first thing where I was like, okay, there's like a naked, wait a minute. It's like Betty giving Archie a massage. <laughs> right. Like it wasn't even like a fall. Like it was just like, 
a lot of like very sensuous touching. Right, right. It's just sensuous touching. And I was like, what? I mean, just I had a. There are a number of moments in this episode where I had the flashback of to season one of Riverdale, and then I looked at this scene and I was like, this is crazy. This is just like, like it's just like here's the just the sensuous touching scene on like with like a fire with a bunch of blankets, and then they sort of cuddle, and I was like, I mean it. Like on some in some ways, I was like, "Is this worse than the sex scene?" I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do I? I don't know. <laughs> but I will say, I love Betty wearing Archie's clothes. Yeah, I think it's great. I know she wore the El Royale sweatshirt mm-hmm. in an episode, and this one she had like the Riverdale football like T shirt. Yeah, and I was like, mm, "They look good." Yeah, they look good together. Good. They look real cute. <laughs> Cheryl and Archie meet in her mine. She tells Archie to read the spell where she manifests witch, witch fire inside him. I had, okay, again, I flashed straight back to season one and I went to myself, how does KJ rectify the show he was hired on and what he is doing today? Which was reading Latin shirtless in a mine to be hit with witch fire so that he could be hit with really intense lighting and go <laughs> and become a superhero. Like when he signed he on he's super sad. however many years ago like like did he have that moment while he was reading the Latin? Because I like looked at his face and I was like I feel like this is what you're thinking about right now. Yeah, if I ever meet him after I ask him about the Wonder Twins movie, I'll ask him that question. Of course. I did think this whole sequence was, like, super well lit. Yeah. And super fun. Like, it just, it looked cool, and I was like, if you're gonna have shirtless Archie, you gotta light the hell out of it. I imagine it was probably, like, not, I don't know how you could have described all that on the page. I assume the director kind of really went with that. Yeah, one. I mean, on the page, I'm sure they were like, shirtless Archie in the mine reads the Latin. And then right. somebody the was like, burns. we got to hit him from above right. and we got to do the intense light. And it was like, you know, not just the candlelight. There was like an L, like, because he was like glowing too. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that was on the page. Like Archie glows. Right, her hands glow. Her hands yeah, glow, yeah. Archie glows. He looks great. Yeah. He's a sexy man. He's doing good. He's doing great. Tattoos, they're still drawing he's that still, snake on I his shoulder. I didn't see the bear no, on his <laughs> chest, but uh, he's still a Southside Serpent, as yeah. so many of us are. Right. Oh, this was, again, their opportunity when he was forged to have him heal all of his previous injuries. Oh, he could, that's, and he would the never, whole thing could have gone away. He could have solved, like, I, KJ, come on. It's a character Is detail he, now. Are these guys producers in any way, any of the cast members? I don't know. I haven't seen them. Hmm. Also, like... It doesn't sound like they are. Yeah, I don't... I I wouldn't make that deal with any of them because you'd have to bring on, like, all four of them as producers, right? Right. As opposed to just, like, one... Yeah. Betty comes home. Archie is wearing the Palladium pendant, and he shows off. He cuts himself on his hand, and he doesn't get hurt. He can punch Percival again. Yay! I mean, I'm... I actually am very much looking forward to him... Like, I hope the very first scene of the next episode is that he walks straight up to Percival and sucker punches him in the face. That would be very satisfying. It would be super fun. I mean, it'd be terrible planning, (laughs) but it would be great. I think we should stop with the good planning. Everyone's Mm -hmm. under mind control. It doesn't matter how you plan it. Yeah. All right, anyway, we got three more spots to go. Where do you want to go next? Uh, I think we should do Cheryl because I feel like that's connected to this. Should I, like, text her? Cheryl tells Nana she's thinking of Heather, and after some online stalking, has learned that Heather is a librarian in Greendale. 
the literal next town over. Right. Wasn't that hard. Greendale is the Sabrina town, right? Yes, So, like, are the odds medium that she's a witch? Her intro at the end of the episode mirrors Sabrina's intro in Rivervale. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Interesting. She's got a weird look to her that I didn't quite see coming. Oh, my gosh. Can we just, like, skip ahead and talk about that look for a second? Sure, sure. I saw that and I went, this is what really straight people think gay people look like (laughs) like there were so many elements okay so like i it's like a mid-century librarian look in pink i mean well okay so my just growing up like the amount of queer people on tv changed drastically right like it went from like one a year to like a a large amount all in on willow but when you when you go back and especially if it was like a queer character who'd be on for like a couple of episodes there were a couple of like strong looks that people would just pick to be like like they're not a regular girl they're (laughs) a gay girl and like one was terrible hats one was like vests for some reason um and then, like, really strong glasses. <laughs> yeah. Like, really strong glasses environment. And I looked at this person, and I was like, the gay glasses, there they are. Because we want to know that they're not hot to the straight people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, it's, it's right. like, oh, you have an extra level. And, like, there are so many, <laughs> like, versions of this that I have seen. And, you know, I also, this is, I guess, an inside joke thing of uh, there's, there's a haircut that has been in all of every lesbian Christmas movie has the same like straight bangs, straight sides haircut. It's like a helmet of hair. It's like a helmet of hair and it is in the Kristen Stewart one and it's in like the Hallmark one and uh, it's and and like across racial lines, across <laughs> face types. It doesn't matter. It's that helmet of hair and it is like don't worry. We want you to know Don't they're worry. gay. No man will find her like, attractive. No, yes. She does not want to be found attractive by a man and will tell you via this haircut. So that is my that was my immediate reaction to Heather. Not that she's not a beautiful girl and like sure. whatever. One shot, one but angle, one outfit. I was like, A, you don't feel authentically queer to me. And B, you feel like the 90s. Right. Nothing about <laughs> that looks aughts. authentic. That looks like a... Intensely yeah. designed a person. But like, that's the Riverdale queer experience. It's like, here's the I mean, straightest person alive. Suddenly you're like, well, now I understand why Cheryl's attracted to her. <laughs> she puts that much effort into every moment of her life. I Yeah. I don't know. Cheryl asks a magic eight ball if she should call. And it says, cannot predict now. So she goes, I should email? Yeah, I should email, right? <laughs> no pressure. But I do want to <laughs> talk about how Cheryl, who is now like, I'm a witch, was like, I'm going to consult the magic eight ball. <laughs> Which I thought was a terrific choice. Right. Great prop comedy right. that they never investigate at all. Yeah, also, she she calls it like like a like a sphere of, of divination. Yeah, sphere, <laughs> but it's but like it's one of those things where it was like clearly written as a joke, but then they didn't really play it as a joke. Right. So there's just a magic eight ball. Right, scene. and it's like I don't even think it's like they just they made their own little thing in the middle. Like it next time it just says ask again later. That's just normal. I think they just bought a magic eight ball. Yes, and it's put a, it on the it's set. a real magic eight ball. Yeah. I also want to say I did not like Cheryl. Girl's dress with the little like scrunchy sleeves. They're like she. I don't know if it's in this scene or the next one, mm-hmm. but she's got a dress that has like, like it's like you cu- cut a scrunchie for like a uh-huh. child in half and then sewed it <laughs> on the where her shoulders are. Uh-huh. It was not good. Oh. It was bad. <laughs> I didn't really notice that. The, huh. the rest of the dress or the outfit was great, but mm. those the little scrunchies. I was like, mm, I don't know why these are here. She calls the library on her lip phone. 
and she gets Heather and then hangs up before she says anything. Wait, did we skip the part where Nana shades her about emails? Oh, that was kind of in the in the Archie thing earlier. But yeah, um, when 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 she's like talking about the Rasputin book, Archie or Nana scolds her. My my favorite thing ever was uh, Nana being like, "People are usually prompt about emails," and then Cheryl being like, "What do you know? People used to send things by bird." <laughs> And I was just like, they're giving they're giving Nana a lot of a lot of quips. Yes, this was like, some fun Nana. Nana throwing quips about email is so out <laughs> of character for like what Nana is that I I really wanted to applaud it. Nana is many things. Nana contains multitudes. She contains multitudes. <laughs> Cheryl's doorbell rings. Is it Sabrina, a middle aged librarian? No, it's Heather. Heather and she and says glasses. you called. So so wait, is this she... a response to the email or when the when the right. call happened and immediately hung up? She thought. Cheryl, and then she went. Did she, did she have her number, and then she tracked down where that number? But was But did she from? call the library, not her cell phone? Yes, but did, like, sometimes a phone oh, has a display. Maybe. So, like, do you, do we right. think? That, to what degree do we think she's a stalker? Well, okay, so she sent letters to Cheryl for years that Penelope right. did not let get to Cheryl. Right, and then well, Cheryl years sent, we don't actually don't know how long she. Cheryl sent, sent an email to her work email saying. I got right. the letters that you sent me for years, and I'd like to meet up. And right, you and then the called at over. work and immediately hung up. Right, she's like, I gotta go over Which there. Which was cute, actually. Yeah. Like nervous Cheryl. Is I cute. thought we were gonna see Heather last week because when they're like, "Your book, who has it? Heather might have it. Heather okay. works at a library." We right, this wouldn't week. that have been I the thought perfect? This, we would go to the library, meet Heather, and she would help get the books. Was there an idea in the room at one point that they were like, "Maybe this is two different episodes"? But I do think that would have been so cool to be like you know, where's your book? And then you cut to the book and then you like widen out and it's Heather and right. we have like the little name tag. Now it's, it's like Heather. And Cheryl has been... to restore her relationship with Heather to get the books that will save everyone else. I, I don't even mean that. But, like that could have been the end of the episode. Oh yeah, whatnot. totally. It's like, like where is that book? That book is with Heather. <laughs> mm-hmm. Would have been cool. I, but So like this again built all the way up to a two second interaction. Right, right. See you next week. Yeah. For more Heather action. Do we think they're going to have any chemistry? Every time a woman comes into Cheryl's world to be her uh, lover slash daughter, they can kind of kind of just get enveloped <laughs> in it and be like, I live in this house now. So, uh, so maybe that'll happen to Heather, where it's, it's like so now upsetting. she just lives here. Oh, that's probably true. Anyway, we got two other options. Okay. Betty or Veronica. Uh, classic matchup. Classic matchup. Oh my god! I like. I feel like maybe we do Betty and then we save Veronica because I. I was like, does Veronica have the A story of this episode? She's got the title She's got story. A ton of stuff going on. So, <clears throat> yeah, let's do Betty. Let's talk about right. serial killer. Genes. Betty's mind palace. So Betty looks through photo albums to spark memories and only gets headaches. She asks Jughead to read her mind, her subconscious mind, to uncover repressed memories. Right. Which he says, can I do that? <laughs> you can today. Go much go like read a some com- books. <laughs> much like a comic book in which Superman can do things in one issue. Today, Jughead right, can read right, subconscious right. thoughts. Jughead asks Betty to think of her memories as a series of comic books. Uh, so he can access them by reading. And he holds her hands and they do a push zoom. And then we're in the mindscape, which is a table in the middle of nothing. Yeah. Until he opens the books and he's in them. Which I like that they look like 
old Archie comics. Did uh, Betty have a solo series? I or feel was like it Betty, Betty might have had a, yeah, Betty might have actually had a solo series because the the design of it I felt very established to yes, me. Yeah, for sure. I it's also, like the best move they can pull for me. Yeah. I also want to call out the outfit that Betty is wearing because I looked at it and I went, it's super interesting that again in season one there was like a 50s, 60s aesthetic for that character and a lot of the characters. Yeah. And now it's like really 70s. Like, there was, like, a brown, high-neck, turtleneck situation. I wonder if that was, like, a uh, something from the costume department, like, a choice they made after the time I, jump. I mean, in this episode, everything from her hair to these, like, tweed jackets and what, I was like, this is, the color palettes, even the lighting felt really 70s. Mm. And I was like, well, I guess they did a time jump, so, you know, what what era is Rivervale? 2021, like, baby. It's it's always 2021. <laughs> that every year is 2021. It's always been 2021. Jughead walks through a memory of their first kiss from season one, and I was like, for a long time I've been like, they haven't aged that much, and then you see that clip and you go, nope, it's no, dramatic they're actually. so, they're babies. They're very young. Then he walks through the time Betty asked him if she was evil because of her blood. Right, and those babies her. were there. The babies were alive then. Yeah. yeah, they were real babies at one point. She's like, she's like, what are you looking at? He's like, nothing, just surface memories. Uh, then he sees her killing Caramel and goes to the diner with Lachlan Monroe, where Hal begins grooming Betty to be a serial killer. Do you think they did a story where they use the word grooming a lot because the word grooming has been in the news a lot over the past year? I think it was, I think it's something that, uh, I talked with Caitlin about this, that like, I don't know if it was some, a, a term we were using when the show started or especially in season mm-hmm. two, with any of that stuff. Well, the and... term has been around for a really long time, but I, I mean, in terms of it being used a lot in pop culture, mm-hmm. I feel like the last oh, coming year, around more recently. because yeah. it's, it's been really in that, um, yes. you know, don't say gay space and whatnot. I'm, you know, I like it because it's about Betty. I'm also, I don't know where any of this Betty memory stuff is going and how this applies to the, the trash bag killer now. Right. Well, and the, again, it's it's not the first time there's been like a you and I are the same Betty right. kind of moment. So like, I yeah. don't know. Everyone, the, every killer is like Betty's like me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what like TPK saw in her, or what he knows about her. Unless he's like secretly her uncle. That's I'm, that's what I'm like. Does he know things yeah. about her, and that's why she's being targeted? Um, it is also like they they have gotten into the darkness of Betty a whole bunch of times, but we've like rarely <clears> seen <throat> yes. the dark. We have occasionally. So but, like, yeah. she, you know, the headaches. I kept watching the mindscape stuff being like, what if like a headache hits while he's in there? How would that manifest oh, on the inside? Cool. What if like Dark Betty appeared inside the head? And, like, came right. After him? I mean, that would be a much darker, Yeah, weirder... much more slasher movie thing. Well, and also I would have wanted her to do some more real life dark things, mm-hmm. at least in recent memory. Right. It's not, not very applicable. Right. I mean, there are some like, older... It, it, more of the manifestation of the headaches in this in this scenario is something I would have been like, how would you how would you represent that? What is the yeah yeah? Um, I know she was wearing the dark glasses again, and uh, I want to say. Do you think they just like go into every scene and go, Lily, glasses the scene or not? And then she decides because it feels arbitrary. It, I mean, in this, it felt motivated in that she was like outside right. in daylight. Yeah. As a, and the rest of the scenes were like in darker environments. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just like, those glasses are great. Big fan. <laughs> Big fan. Uh, when they dive in for round two, 
Jughead sees a memory of young Betty overhearing her father telling Alice that she has the serial killer gene. And Betty probably has it too. Isn't that great? So great. It's so great. She's going to be so strong. She's going to be a warrior. <laughs> She's going to be a warrior. She's going to right wrongs. Betty is upset that Alice lied to her about not having the gene. Because I thought we it was always fact that dad didn't have the gene yes we have gone through this both you in the podcast and you and i yes because it was like wait a second if if charles had the serial killer gene and he's fp's son not right. laughlin monroe's son right. or house son that means it that can't means be it fraternal can't be or from fraternal. him which means alice carries the serial killer gene <laughs> right which means that how's just a serial killer parents were a serial killer and a parent with the serial killer gene of course and so when this happened i was like oh my god tessa remembers this and mm-hmm. was like we're going to make a scene out of it to, like, rectify this for our brains, right. which is Hal is excited mm-hmm. that she has the serial killer gene. Hal is, like, really into he's it. He's down. And he's super, and he immediately goes, I think it's Betty. Yeah. Of our two daughters, I am positive. Well, he doesn't He doesn't remember Polly exists. No, well, Polly <laughs> doesn't exist, so there's that. But It's okay. Polly's going to die on the road. He's so thrilled at the idea of having a child. Who, Finally, someone's going to get it. Well, I mean, and he was groomed as a child, right? right. So he wants His to perpetuate him. this uh, mission. Gotta kill these sinners. Yeah, gotta kill the sinners. She goes to Alice. I've been waiting for a conversation with Alice. I thought about the Percival stuff. This isn't bad either. This is more real. Mm-hmm. Uh, calling her a liar. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you know that dad was grooming her? And Alice... Gaslights her instead, saying, that didn't happen, Betty. Where is this coming from? Your persecution complex? <laughs> Fair. Oh, Alice in fine form. <clears throat> so Betty wants Jughead to read Alice's mind. Jughead doesn't feel comfortable with that. She says, no, it's fine. Mom read my diary all the time. <laughs> yeah, I give you permission to read someone else's mind. <laughs> so it's totally fine. Tabitha wouldn't be into this. Betty's grasp on that ethics true? Tabitha is would so say, loose. I don't approve, but I guess we've got to do what we've got to do. That's exactly, <laughs> that is the response that also Tony would have because they write them almost as the same character. Right, right. And Tony would have a little bit more of like, all right, if we have to. <laughs> like yeah. a little more sigh. Yeah, she'd do a sigh and like roll her shoulders back. Because that's mm-hmm. what she sort of does. Right. And then Fangs would be like, yes, they're not in this episode. I didn't miss them, nor oh. did I miss Kevin. No, this episode was kind of nice for how few plots there were. I think that's just, it's not that I don't like the characters, it's just that I liked the focus. Yeah, and, and, and the fact that Cheryl pops up in everyone else's stories. Everyone talked to each other in this episode. Tessa's the only one who gets it. I, like, I really, not the only one, like, every single it. character had a moment where they talked to somebody else, and, like, there were also moments where they didn't just talk about the plot. So, like, that, it seems, I was like, when is the last time, again, it took them becoming right. superheroes for this to happen? Percival had to be gone for a week, but I was glad, because I was already being like, I'm worried that he's just going to be, every the week's going to be, how is Percival going to mess with us now? Yeah. And they didn't do that either. Makes me happy. So they barge into the news station. <laughs> Minutes before she's about to go on air with the news. <laughs> that is because they never actually investigate anything. They only ever confront. 
There is no like, oh, we're gonna they do get some... one piece of evidence. Like we gotta talk. Well, to and them. it was like, I'll I'll like lead her into this trap, and then you'll and then she was just like, Mom, tell me the answers. Tell me the <laughs> answers. And it's like you, there's not a moment of subtlety or of like drawing out or whatnot. It it's I walked in moments before you go on the air for the news broadcast, yelled in your face the same thing I said to you two scenes ago. Right. Except now I have a mind reader. I like the idea from Alice's perspective is like, that was that kind of rattled her. She goes to work and she's about to go on when her daughter comes over and yells at her while her ex-boyfriend is just kind of staring at her face, <laughs> like feeling like he's thinking about something and then taps Betty and goes, we got it. And we then they leave. <laughs> and then you're like, okay. And we're on in five, four, three. Yeah, I can do. I really wish they'd kept the like, and then she turns speechless to the camera yes. and like cannot get the words out. <laughs> so what Jughead saw was her and Hal covering uh, floorboards in the dining room with a rug and table. So Ben and Jughead had to go and pull up the floorboards. And I really like the next scene. That's just from the back. Alice coming home, walking to the kitchen, yada yada yada. And Ben just goes, "Hey, mom!" And it turns, and there's a hole in the ground with <laughs> a, a dead a body, dead a body. dead cop on the floor. <laughs> Incredible, incredible, and and like, how many bodies has Alice hidden now? I was thinking about the sketchy man, you yes. know, that that guy. Like we blacked out, we never saw what killed him specifically. That's not even the thing we go back to. It's a whole other guy. There's so many people and, have died in that house. Can you imagine if she and FP had the conversation? Goes, could we put him on the floorboard? She goes, no, that's taken <laughs> to figure out something yes. else. Like so, there was that guy. There's. Everything that's happened with Charles and Chick. There's also Hal. Like all the, a lot of a lot of stuff has gone down in this house. But going back to it, it's so Alice has known the entire time that Hal is a murderer. I remember in season two that one episode where Alice laughs at the thought of Hal being a murderer. Right. And it turns out she has been aware that he was a murderer all along. I mean I mean it's a retcon. Do we think it's a retcon that works though? I think we're so deep in at this point that I really don't have the it space is, to be too bothered it's by true. it. This is what season seven. Season seven. Season, season six. Season six. Six. I guess in season six you're allowed to retcon a murder, and that's fine. It's the supernatural season where they go to the real world where they're actors on the show Supernatural. There's nothing Supernatural didn't do. There's nothing <laughs> at all. But it. It's too, like, it's too late. They could have gotten a supernatural crossover into Riverdale. That would have been incredible. Yeah. But what's interesting, I'm like glad they did it, even if it doesn't make a ton of continuity sense, because it's a good conversation. <clears throat> like, it's a real character development conversation that I think yeah. they should have done how years this, ago. How this ends is pretty powerful, because um, Hallis uh, says uh, that she feared that he might have been grooming her, but thought that maybe she could just control Betty anyway kind of stomp it out, undo it. I can fix it if I'm hypervigilant. And it, like, explains all of their relationship in the early show. It explains so much of her erratic behavior across, like, the whole show of, like, I I was, like, the last line of defense against bad things, ha you doing bad things or bad things happening to you. Right. And I thought if I was just on it enough and I'm paying enough attention, I'd be able to save you. Yeah. And that is such an upsetting way to just imagine growing up of like the parent watching you a lot of pressure. in every single moment yeah. and you don't know why and you don't know what you're about to do that they're so afraid of. Right, right. I, it's like super interesting and 
ultimately could have been resolved by her calling the cops on Hal many, many years that ago. That night. That uh, night. I mean, he probably might have killed her, but... I, like, get those girls out of the house. Go somewhere. Call the cops. Yeah. Well, Betty says her plan didn't work and that evil is still there inside her. I guess. Strong statement. Yeah. She's done something. I guess she dismembered a body with TPK she recently. Would, if you need me, I'll be living next door. <laughs> I'll be sensually touching Archie on a bunch of throw pillows. <laughs> Excuse me. We have to do a close-up of my hands on his bare back. You thought it was going to be a sex, but instead it's just a massage. It's going to be a little bit weirder than that. It's going to be a little unsettling. But not as weird as tickles. No, the tickling is the low is the low point, I think. Uh, Bughead rears its head in Jughead. Tabitha texts him. She's coming home. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting choice. Because I thought... I thought we'll it was there. buried. I thought it was done. I mean, there's been a lot of, like, Veronica being, like, in the last episode, <clears throat> the episode, uh, there was that confrontation. Oh, is not over Archie. With, yeah, with and Reggie, where she was like, well, it, right, it doesn't matter that I'm not with Archie. Like, Archie wouldn't move with me, so it doesn't matter. So it's like, oh, you're still into him. And now right. Jughead is still into Betty. And, I mean, we kind of knew that because we had that whole thing where he was, like, getting drunk and he left a message on her right. phone. And, like, she clearly, right. she's so over him and he is still, like, got a lot of stuff he's working through. Yeah, I hope Tessa gets to write the conversation between Tabitha and Jughead that's going to come out of that eventually. Yeah, it feels like, that's what this felt like, it, where it wasn't just, like, oh, I want Bughead back. I don't want Bughead back. But I was, like oh, the writing is on the wall for the Tabitha relationship. It might be, yeah. He's going to sabotage something soon. Yeah. Because that's who he is, right? And then there's Veronica smiling so big when her friend gives her a kiss with her ex-boyfriend. <laughs> so oh excited. Gosh. Okay, are we Archie, talking about that? We're uh, talking about that as the storyline and not the next Poison story? Ivy is the next storyline. Yes. You can just jump right Let's into it. Let's go into it. Poison Ivy. All right, so Veronica applies black lipstick. She's in a new era. The vibe has shifted. The vibe has shifted. I'm not sure I loved this black lipstick. Not that I don't love black. I just thought that this choice. lipstick wasn't actually that good. It started to discolor. Do, do you think there could be another better black lipstick? I hope so. I thought it was like, I was like, this lipstick does not look as good as it could look. <laughs> Creepy Dr. Jr. tells Veronica that everything in her is poison. Her blood, her tears, her sweat. He recommends dialysis to detoxify her body and avoid any and all physical contact. Yeah. So did you it. did you have the song go through your head? The that girl is poison. <laughs> I was why was so that her song at the I end? I felt like I I get that they picked the Britney song, but also there were options. She's got options. I I would love I would have loved a scene of her uh, trying to pick her song and and just being like to her assistant, "Can you give me a list of every song yeah. with a with a poison this venom is, toxicity theme so exactly. I can choose this it for my set This is how you choose tonight. episodes or titles for your episodes. <laughs> you go to your assistant and you go, mm, anything on a poison theme." Anything. Right, right. Important job. Veronica is undergoing dialysis then when her assistant tells her that her her assistant who I think is just a speaker box. Oh, uh, he, so like her sister's the phone. Her sister's the, the phone. Her dad's is the painting. Box. Her assistant is the speaker gotcha, box. Gotcha. That makes sense. Right. Uh, and the speaker box tells her that the shareholders are meeting with or without her. So she's like, all right, I got to get down there immediately. But first I got to put on my big black outfit with a veil. <laughs> it was such a... 
Okay, they know this is skipping ahead, but when Reggie was like, and you look insane, I was like, you do look insane. Charles Melton has been killing it this season. Killing it. It was like such a good line reading, and I don't think he had to reach for it at all, because looking at that outfit, you were like, so your reaction, your internal reaction to being like, I am poison, and also I might die, would be to still be like, what if I I wrap myself in black? And a weird headdress and a weird veil. I like the idea. I, You know, it could have gone either way. Either the script says insane and the costume department goes, hell yeah, let's go nuts. Or the costume department goes nuts and on the day they're going, we need a line about this. Because <laughs> they, they kept being like, and this, and this, and you look insane right now. So that could have been on the day. There are five guys at the table. Four background guys and Reggie. Right, of course. Only one of the background guys gets close-ups. I just... For something, for some reason, I'm watching this and be like, they keep cutting this one guy. He's giving good He's face, giving good and then face. it gets a line at the end. So it makes me think this guy just impressed them over the day, and they're like, let's give him a line. Or they knew that he had one line, and so they did the most. Like they had a, an angle on him because he was going to deliver a line. So all of their cutaway coverage is just that guy. Right, right, and it is just the one guy. Uh, but Reggie's best point is that there hasn't been one week under Veronica's leadership of the casino where they've been in the black. Wow, she's really, A, bad at business. She's not good at She's business. driving Babs into the ground. <laughs> I don't remember what you call the club. I've been calling it Babs. Uh, uh, La, La Baby Lion, I believe. La Baby Lion? That's good, too. I don't know. I keep thinking of it as um, Barbara Streisand's personal underground mall. <laughs> Have you heard about no. that? So Barbara Streisand famously has built a replica mall in like the basement of her mansion where she goes and shops in stores that are just stocked that she owns all of the she pieces. owns the whole stock yes, but but she likes to shop like it's truly a wild person this is also a woman who clones her dogs and like all of her dogs that she has are clones of previous dogs so i was just like is this the vibe of this place i don't know Babs. see at least when you tell me that Tyrese Gibson had his own Benihana in his backyard. I'm like, I can understand that. Who wouldn't? Right, and there's like a level like to which, like, what does that mean? Does that just right. mean that you had like the table and you got a guy to come in and he does a little choppy like, thing and you have friends over? Or did fantasy... you build a Benihana? Like, right. there's they're different right, things. Right, right. Are you are you cooking or do you have a guy? Right, and like, did you build a facade? Does it mm-hmm. say Benihana on the outside? Right. But the fact that Barbara Streisand was like, I want the experience of mall shopping without the people or the paying. I just want to be able to walk around in a mall setting where stores will just let me have things at any moment is concerning. Someone's job is just to clean the fake mall underneath yeah, her. Yeah, she has so much money. She has so much money. A star is born. A star has been born. So the thing about selling the casino. Right. So Veronica's gonna, gonna, her best move, I'm gonna put together an evaluation that's gonna show you what a mistake you're making. Once you see what our evaluated profit's gonna be, then you'll... Uh, right. In time, business. it'll work, unlike every one of my other businesses. I better go sit behind a desk and a tap on a computer for a couple scenes. So Veronica invades Percival's room to yell at Ro- Reggie. She says Percival can leave any time. Can't she kick him out? I mean, Reggie or Percival? Percival? He lives in the casino. Yeah, I think so. It's not like he has, like, renter's rights. Yeah, he's a hotel guest. It's kind of weird like that. Yeah, mm. there's no reason for him to be living there. Reggie assures her that this is all his idea. I do kind of like Reggie under Percival's control. He seems empowered in a way he wasn't under Hiram's control. But, okay, is he... I, I'm is not clear free? if he's actually under Percival's control. Because mm. I, I never know what's going on in their dynamics. 
Right. Right? And I also, full disclosure, I'm not fully caught up on episodes. Sometimes <laughs> I, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. So, like, <laughs> in any given episode, Reggie and Veronica are together or Correct. broken up. Correct, yeah, yeah, It's always so kind of rocky. So I don't even know how... The breakup... Is that the breakup where she was like, I, oh, I could have been with fog, Archie? Oh, it was the fog breakup. Okay, it was yeah, a fog so breakup. So, long conversation... So he got really angry after that and was like, I'm going to take your whole Yeah, he world. is kind of just and after the like, casino. Right. I yeah. felt like he wasn't super wronged or anything, but he just got yeah, super angry. He was, he was pretty, he had some pretty strong statements on the breakup, during the breakup that felt true. And I was like backing and this is, this is an unnecessary act of aggression. What? When did he hook up with Percival? Is that new this episode? Okay, sorry. You say hook up, but you don't mean like how Kevin hooked no, up. No, I don't Percival. mean how Kevin hooked up with Percival. Yeah, uh, mean... he at the end of last episode was like, "Do you have magic powers?" And he's like, "Do you want to hang out with me?" And Reggie said yes. And then okay, on his list, uh, he was like, oh, "These guys are allies." Percival said. Okay, so we we don't know. It could be either way. Right. But right. I do feel like the the righteous indignation <clears throat> could just be Reggie. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe he's just. And he, he, maybe his worst tendencies are being influenced by Percival. Right. Well, he's uh, also just desperate to be seen, right? Yeah. Like that's his whole thing with Veronica. It's like don't look, like look past Archie and see Man, me. I'm right in front broke of you. This guy. Uh, yeah, because he's just like I have ideas. I came up with this idea that is currently messing with you. Right. Right. It's kind of like um, um, in The Good Place when Tahani and Jason were dating, but mm-hmm. that was like the sweet version of this. Yes. <laughs> Um, but I I did really like Veronica's like when she loses it on Reggie. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's the best thing I've I seen thought from her, Tammy for like a minute. Like if she's her, maybe some spit would be the thing. Mm-hmm. But it was breath that that caused his nose to bleed, which was also cool. And then she immediately yeah. leaves when she sees it's happening. Did you write down her her list of insults? No, I didn't write them down specifically. I did. Okay, please. which was a uh, like. What did she call him? She said, you are a 6'2", 200-pound jellyfish <laughs> with Swiss cheese where your brain is supposed to be. And then when good. Said, said a whole bunch of other adjectives. But I was like, that is an amazing run of things to say to somebody who's trying to steal your business from Six pound, you. 200-pound jellyfish is pretty good. Oh, my. Which I assume is just like he's spineless. Right. Which, and, and, and soft. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that he's, like, soft, but he kind of is for her. Yeah. He kind of is. Yeah. And he is a little spineless. Yeah. Keeps getting back together with her, so. Veronica doesn't think the dialysis is working. And indeed, the toxins have increased. So what are her options? Dr. Creepy Dr. Jr. believes this only ends with her toxins killing her. Uh, So she calls Betty and Archie for drinks. They're both incredibly they're, excited. They're friends they're like, in this episode. I know this girl. Let's go hang out with her at a bar together. The three two, of us, not you, Jughead. You can't come. Two separate phone calls. One to Betty, and then Betty being like, Archie, also come meet us for a drink. Yeah. Which, technically, I don't think Veronica improved, but yeah, we didn't yeah. hear the other side <laughs> of that conversation. No, because when we cut back, they've told her everything. And she's like, oh, cool. This is the first time yeah. that she knows about the superpowers. That's great. Oh, and life just continues. Fantastic. I'm not mad about okay, anything. Okay, I felt like I missed something where she found out. But no, this is the episode where she this finds out. This is it, and, and it happens like, off screen. And she's like, it's fine. well, that just sounds really dramatic for everyone. <laughs> but this is also, again, like, when's the last time anyone hung out as friends on this show? Just, like, give me a scene in every episode. Yeah, yeah, it was so nice. I was like, oh, this is all you need to redeem Veronica for all the people that she's killed. It's mm-hmm. just that she hangs out occasionally with her buddies. Oh, my God. It's so simple. 
and getting Cheryl out of the house too immediately yeah. brightens anything with well, her. Yeah, having Cheryl have any storylines with people who are not her grandmother. Nana. Yes. <clears throat> uh, they believe that it doesn't matter if they're hanging out with Veronica because Archie's invulnerable and Betty doesn't see an aura. So mm-hmm. the aura power continues to to not be the most valuable. Yeah, she was player. just like, "Oh, you're no danger to me." Which I then had to like question because it works out later when we learn that she can potentially control her venom. Right, right. But I wondered about that because we've established that Veronica is still into Archie. And I was wondering if there was any sort of jealousy or whatnot that could play into this poison thing. Right. And it doesn't seem, I guess, Yeah, she's... or, like, it could have been interesting if it was, like, I'm sorry, Veronica, no matter what I do, you have this aura around you. You just are dangerous. Right. Well, I mean, that would have been interesting, too, although that would have cut off them having friend conversations, which I don't want. Right, we want friend conversations. Right, we want the friend conversations, but I do you think... You can have friend conversations with glass between them. That could be fun. Oh, that that would be... It would kind of be, like, pushing daisies. Like, yeah. you put her in, like, a bee keeper suit right. or something um yeah i don't know but i was sort of surprised that there wasn't an element of i guess she's just accepted right now that they're together and it's a thing and she doesn't have another option yeah we'll see if she starts making moves after this uh she asks if pickens is responsible for all this and they say no because archie and betty got powers before pickens started his stuff that we know of right uh, well, the bottom line is Veronica's dangerous to everyone at work. To everyone else, she's got a hostile takeover at work, and her last kiss will be with Reggie. Anyway, another round. Except Veronica also learns she's immune to alcohol. I mean, that's a real bummer in that's this situation. That's a bummer. <laughs> it's a real bummer, and I also feel like Reggie Mantle as your last kiss is like also a bummer. Which is like, all, like Chris Only Melton of is how it ends. Yeah, right, Chris Melton is so Charles. hot. Or Charles Melton. Charles Melton. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, on an objective level, it's not disappointing. But no, I do he think... he looks like he was carved. <laughs> yeah, but I do think Reggie, as a six foot two spineless jellyfish, I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Is it weird that I want him to find someone by the end of the series? No, I kind of want Reggie to be happy. He just seems like he gets the short end of the stick all the time. He's like the, um, the, the Josh... Josh Chan of the show, and I kind of want him to... <laughs> I think it is because he's kind of dumb. Yeah. You know, that you just want him to be like, I just want someone to be, to be nice to you. Right. Like, no one in your life is nice to you. Right. Uh, and, and you're so desperate for it, too, that you've, like, the compromising things you've done with your own father to get that kind right, of love. Right, and he's not even that, like, mean. Like, he's not, like, an object... Like, like he makes a lot of bad choices, but he's not, like an asshole yeah. most he's of the time. He's a bad guy, but he's not like a bad guy. Yeah. Cheryl has set out an assortment of poisons for Veronica because of course she has this. Yeah. She wants to test a hunch that her toxins make her immune to other poisons. So she'll have a private ambulance on standby and asks for a book on spiders. Amazing. And then takes a fabulous bath while eating poison and reading the spider book. Wait, though. Because... No, no, no. That's a later scene. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> uh, she does say a fabulous Then she tells though. Cheryl she's immune to poison, and according to the book, spiders never poison themselves and can control their secretions. And she thinks her emotional states are when she's most venomous. Cheryl immediately asks, well, what about kissing, even dispassionately? Top top question, I gotta know. And Cheryl's like, well, no, that not that. That will kill people every time. I full-on was like, 
is Cheryl propositioning Veronica right now. Right, right. It, Cheryl's like, we have to test it. The entire vibe was like, mm, we should test this. You should kiss me. <laughs> right. I know you're not into me, but we should. It was right. like. Cheryl was staring her down. Like, right. It was like, <laughs> we're 13 years old and we're going to practice kissing. <laughs> like, it, it was probably the gayest thing Cheryl has done in a while. Where, I, yeah, it was fascinating. Uh, and then Cheryl gives Veronica her iconic spider brooch. We have like to tell that. Stephen. Stephen yes will no. be so upset. Um, <laughs> it, she doesn't need it now that she's painted an enormous one on her own chest. <laughs> she can share. <laughs> Following this, Veronica eats smart food, white cheddar popcorn. I also wrote down smart food. It was such a like out of it's such an incongruous. With like the bag set the, ba- the bag facing the camera. I mean, wait, do you, yeah, but just, like she's got to pour it out a nice bowl to make it. Does fancy. Tostinos and smart food are they both owned oh, by the same the people? Same Is it a blanket? Are they the ones deal? buying the CW? Oh my god, do they own Discovery Plus? It's like secretly it's smart food oh all along. Oh my god. You gotta get to the bottom of this. Smart food is my favorite kind of popcorn. Oh. A thing that I don't really eat anymore. I'm not really a popcorn person. I never have been. I cracked a tooth on a popcorn kernel, and it led to a long array of dental issues. So now, Pirate's Booty or Bust. I remember a lot of your your dental issues, but I don't remember that one. They all stem from the popcorn. (laughs) That's that's the one piece of popcorn. But to you getting braces? No, no, no. No, the, the tooth that had to be pulled. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, the mm. listeners, be careful around popcorn. It's dangerous. Popcorn is dangerous, especially if you have fillings and you are going to crunch down on a really hard kernel that you didn't know was there. Don't don't get so excited when you're watching that movie in the theater and you're chomp, chomp, chomping down. Just, yeah. I, I would actually be, you're safer with theater popcorn than you are with homemade popcorn. Oh, I will say that because the, the heavy kernels all go to the oh, bottom. Right, yeah, those things will mess you up. Reggie demands... Veronica sell or they'll stage a hostile takeover. He has pictures of her going through dialysis and calls her weak. Incredible. And she dares him to try. It'll be a bloodbath. Wait, I forgot one very important thing. Oh. Which is at the end of that Cheryl scene, there is a, a music moment where the song goes, I'm a survivor. <laughs> and you're like, a survivor of what? <laughs> like, you're right. And then, like, oh, no, she made it through. She's literally poisonous. <laughs> And she's killed a bunch of people at this point, <laughs> including her own father. And, and husband. They're like, and my husband. And they're like, I'm a survivor. Girl power. And it was like the most just insane musical choice. And it was like a girl power moment. And then she goes into this Reggie scene. And I was just, I, I, incredible, incredible work of art. Uh, so Veronica welcomes everyone to La Baby Lion. Uh, uh, it's not clear what this event is, or this is just sometimes if you're at this casino, she'll shut everything down to do a speech and a dance. It was like an event for her shareholders, though. <laughs> right. It was like, I'm going to show you the valuation, which she never did. Right. She says, she says, don't worry, I evaluated everything. The projected income is looking great. Yeah. And uh, I have no interest in selling. And thanks to Archie and Betty. And then we cut back, we cut to a scene that must have happened earlier. Where Betty and Archie are with Veronica. She's like, I home. got a boost from Archie and Betty, and I was like, whatever this means, <laughs> it's not what I think it means. Betty, Betty's like, you're poison, but Archie's invulnerable, and I said it's okay. So, <laughs> but would you want that to be your last kiss either? If you're Veronica, I don't know. Uh... But I will say again, I I had the feeling of like 
Veronica's being propositioned right. by Betty because Lily has chemistry with everybody. Right. And and I was like, they've are cracked we, a door open here. Are we headed towards a is poly relationship? Be, yeah, right. Is that just where this ends? Which would be hilarious if those three dated each other and then Jughead was just on the outside. <laughs> like, it's, there's no, like, oh, Jughead's imagining Bughead. And meanwhile, right. like, Betty is like, you know, yeah. a threesome with Veronica. We don't kiss. <laughs> but like we both kiss Archie and right. I don't know it's kind of sexy am I into it I've kissed Veronica before yeah 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 it would be funny for Jughead to be like he's cheating on you he still likes Veronica and she's like I like Veronica too yeah I said it was fine we're Polly now I've opened up our relationship and I'm kind of into it we're gonna both date her right and Jughead's like what about me and she's like I don't know I'm not really I have to say if that was like the season 7 of this show I would watch every single episode pretty, I think you'd get a whole new audience it was like, if, if it's they, like if they you, made that me, you me her uh, I would be really into it. You Me Her is a polyamory show on like a weird small channel that no one watched, but I did watch oh. two seasons of it. Okay. Yeah. You found the channel. I found the channel. It had an actor I liked from a Canadian show, and I was like, oh, what is this? And then mm. I watched it. And then we cut back to Veronica on stage. She goes, Archie, Betty, this one's for you. And then she breaks into performing Toxic by Britney Spears. And admittedly, when they cut back, Archie, or maybe KJ, fucking loves that it. That was KJ. Losing his KJ, mind for this performance. KJ dancing and singing the words and was just like, I'm letting go and I'm into it. Meanwhile, like the background dancers are making like a full on spider behind Veronica. Like right. they're like, we're gonna hang, like we're gonna group together and do our arms so that she has a whole spider vibe. And then a group and of shareholders just staring sternly and be like, damn her power. Right. Like she literally went She's up. She's a survivor. She went up in front of a group of businessmen. Right. <laughs> Roaming businessmen and was like, it's fine because my ex-boyfriend kissed me and now we're going to do a rendition of Britney Spears. And the very the very best part of it, it's like, she's a good cover. She does a good job. But the best part is Lily and KJ having a time. They're just Like they it. are into it. And right. that, is, that is supportive and friendship this right This is like there. an intercut thing. So I like that it like cuts from, from Jughead being like, Maybe I still have feelings for Betty to Archie and Betty be like, this is the best night ever. We're Wait, so happy. Betty is like, in the same episode, Betty found out that her mother hid the body of a police officer and then covered it up and knew she was being groomed by her killer father. But at the end of it, she goes and dances at Veronica's club. Nothing is more jarring to me than when a character in this show is like in their own plot, very serious plot, and then when they jump over to someone else's, it's like, no, nah, that's not happening to me now. I'm not thinking about that. It's so siloed. <laughs> but at the same time, they had a very interconnected episode. Like, everybody talked to each other and was, like, in each other's plots. For sure, for sure. Except for Jughead still doesn't know who Veronica is. Well, yeah, he was, uh, and he's an accessory to Betty's plot this week. Yeah. So, uh, do you have any uh, superlatives to give out this week? Do you have a citizen of the week? Did anyone jump the shark for you this week? Or what was your favorite oh shark jump this week? I know. I had. I also have one for you, which is, um, at what point would you have moved out of this town? <laughs> <laughs> um, the Black Hood. Shark jump is was Veronica's outfit. Uh, the black outfit where Reggie was like, you look insane. Incredible. She does look insane. Yeah, but that, it was, I'm glad. Once he called it to attention, it was beautiful. No, I, I loved it. But I was like, what is the show? Oh, and also the moment in with, when Cheryl is having KJ reading the Latin and like <laughs> right. Archie reading the Latin. And I was like, 
what is going through your mind right now? That is my other shark jump moment. Okay. Superlative citizen of the week. Yeah, that's more a holdover from last season. We never figured out what this one is. Yeah. Hero of the week. Uh, yeah, but it's like it's actually like hard to say because they kind of all helped each other out this episode. Yeah, it was more among friends than like we're saving the town. Kind yeah, of on on a level. It might be Cheryl. I think it's Cheryl because she kind of helps helps everyone. She's like the oracle. This yeah, week. and she like, asked for nothing in return, and then the universe rewarded her with lesbian glasses. So I might it might be Cheryl. God is good. God is good. I, and like I liked that she she was like yes here take these poisonous plants and eat them in your bath. Yes. <laughs> right. She's Archie, like, get a I'm, stomach pump if it goes bad. I'm, I'm going to really forge you, Archie. Like, it's going to be great. Forge Archie. I'm forge Archie. Like, I think she wins. Yeah, sure. I can't wait for Archie to hit Percival and goes, ha, I've been forged. And Percival to know exactly what that means. I can't wait. It's going to be so good. Of and course, he's if, been forged. What if Archie, or what if Percival is like, I too have been forged. <laughs> <laughs> Off screen, he was forged. <laughs> That might happen. Uh, maybe he'll kidnap Cheryl and make her forge him Incredible. too. I wonder, we got like what five episodes left this season? More than that? Oh my I keep God, misjudging there's still this season. Five episodes. This season's twenty episodes long, I think, in total. Uh, maybe even longer. I feel like this season is the like. I feel like last season and this season are the same season, and it's been going on. Right. The Rivervale thing is like the Rivervale thing really threw me with, threw me off. And like now well, it's now it's May moving into June, and the show is like, ah, we got more weeks left in us. Right. Wait. How many? How many Rivervale connections were there in this episode? There was the cut back to multitudes. Right. There was the multitudes line, and uh, the else, um, the right? Heather entrance is too similar the to Sabrina the Sabrina entrance. entrance. Right. Is there anything else? I guess no. The the Betty serial killer thing wasn't didn't feature heavily really, in Rivervale. No. Um, uh, I did. Veronica do a dance at the casino in River Vale uh, oh, with the she, devil that episode. Be, that could be anything. anything. That doesn't matter. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's super. Yeah, it's not a major. Yeah, no, there's just a couple. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting how they've managed to keep remixing elements into. Every yeah, which episode. has to be intentional. At this, yeah, for at this sure. Point. They they know what they're doing now. They're cut actually cutting back. It might have been an accident at first, and then they're yeah, making it more intentional. Yeah, that's very interesting. What are you watching this week? Um. Or in general, what do you want? What are you know, excited about? I watched a bunch of Riverdale this week to be able to talk to you. <laughs> well, we, you, you um, also texted me a TV trailer this morning. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so I'm not watching this yet, mm-hmm. but come June, yeah. I will 1,000 percent be watching for all mankind the greatest show on television. Oh my god, it's fantastic! It's the best. Everybody is uh, like 10 years older, but still super hot. Right. right. And for uh, those that don't know, it's a space show where they, it's like an alternate space race timeline where they keep jumping decades each season. So now it's the nineties and they're doing a space race to Mars. That's right. It's an alternate history of the space race where Russia got to the moon first and Mm -hmm. it really spurs us all on to, to up our space program. And also Russia puts a woman on the moon. So there's a lot of women that are entering into the space program, which just, is so it, it's just such an interesting context for an alternate history show because it's really tightly focused like there's a lot of it's a lot of character stuff even if it is alt history right well and it, it's focused on this particular on the space race and this particular program and so while these other social changes go on as they would in real time with like feminism and racial equality and these other things yeah a lot of those things are achieved first in the space program because they were so desperate to find women yeah. and and find some diversity of like being like well we we could do this first right and so it makes it they makes the program leaders in these social contexts which is super cool 
and, and then it's exciting because technology moves at a different pace because right. like by the, the di- 80s they have dig- digital net mail d-mail right. by the 90s now we're doing elon musk we're doing a, a billionaire going i want to yeah. go to space and, and nasa being like whoa 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 who's gonna get to mars right, now first can, nasa versus uh russia or is it china no russia versus yeah. corporate because yeah. it's still the Soviet Union in China. It's still the Soviet Union because it, it never... The it Soviet never Union stays together partially because of all of this. So I'm wildly excited about it's that. Be great. Um, I, I also haven't watched yet but want to watch The Shining Girls, which is also an Apple TV thing, which is based on a book about... Uh, this is a very Caitlin thing, a, a time-traveling serial killer. She's gonna, um, this is going to be her favorite episode of the show to listen to. She's going to love it. Uh, it's really good. Other than that, I feel like I watched, um, you know, I watched The Wilds, but I think Caitlin talked a little bit about that. That came back. Um, but I, you know what? I want to say a shout out to my dearly departed Legends of Tomorrow, which is one of my favorite TV shows and is always worth rewatching. Yeah, one of um, the best things the CW has produced. It Though is not on purpose. It feels like it just kind of happened that way. The people, the CW didn't do it on purpose, <laughs> but the people working behind the scenes on that show, when they when it started, they were told it had to be a serious superhero show. It was not a comedy, even though every part of the ingredients said comedy. And as a result, that first season is terrible. And in the second season, they made their point. And they said, you know, like, we can break this open, we can do more, we can be comedic and keep those serious elements. And they did that for the next uh, six seasons really well. And and for me, again, as like a queer person, uh, I, this is like my L word. Like, yeah. this is like, like the L word is a terrible show <clears throat> for a variety of reasons. Uh, this has the same number of queer people but much more diverse much more interesting and like really just lets them be humans yeah uh while they of course time of travel human and fight aliens and fight anachronisms and are just generally having a good time yeah what was the what was it when it was uh, dead people coming back to life what would they call them uh repeats encores. Encores. encores that was a good one yeah they came up with a new gimmick every season but they had great character work and you know we're talking about a show now where we're in season six and you know they've changed up the formula a good deal to kind of inject life into it that show that many years years in still felt fresh still well, felt like they were there could have gotten longer it's interesting because like if you if you add up the ensemble <laughs> cast members of that show and the ensemble cast members of Riverdale you probably would have about the same number of people mm-hmm. the difference is that legends always like whenever they didn't know what to do as a plot they'd say which two characters haven't hung out yeah, ever, yeah. or Let's in a while who they or are whatever. To each other. so they would just remix they'd say okay we're gonna have two or three main stories this episode these two characters are gonna go off on a mission they don't like if they haven't hung out before what's their dynamic gonna be if they have what's changed or whatnot. Yeah. And I feel like that's the thing that Riverdale needs. It's kind of doing in this episode. That's exciting right. is, is like, let's remember these people know each other and yeah. they're in each other's lives and they've changed a lot. I and totally that's interesting. Agree. 
Yeah, I've long I've long been like I think Riverdale just needs to get these people in in more rooms together, even if it's just check-ins, just going yeah. to get a drink or whatever. It, it matters. It makes you feel happy to see them. Yeah. And I'm sure the cast misses each other sometimes. I, it's really nice. I mean, clearly KJ and Lily dancing like to <laughs> me was a, like they, they you know they're having a time. What are you KJ, watching? KJ was like, can we can we be there for the day <laughs> they play Toxic? Uh, I am I am currently uh, I didn't realize it quite happened so fast, but I guess I'm obsessed with Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Oh. Because on the second the day of the second episode. I was like waking up and I'd be like, is anything, I can watch that right now. And like, I watched it first thing in the morning. So I'm just delighted by it. It's like half of it's the production design. I cannot, the Enterprise has never looked better. In the second episode, they go to dinner in the captain's quarters, which is already making me happy because like Discovery went years before it was like, oh, do these people know each other? Um, And it's like Captain Pike's like, Hey, I'm like brazen ribs for everybody. Come on in. We're all talking about how work was today. Life is great. I'm like, this guy's my guy. You want a hangout show? I want to hang Star out Trek. with Captain Pike on the beautiful new Enterprise set. And like, I, it, I think it's so funny that for years Star Trek was. Uh, kind of building himself on this ain't your father Star Trek we're doing the prequels with Chris Pine we got Discovery they're teleporting through space and then this one every piece of promo for it is going no this is your dad's Star Trek and I love it it's making me so happy uh, it's episodic Star Trek where the a character learns a lesson every week and there's science yeah I think I think action Star Trek is a fallacy. Like, yeah. they just don't, like, that's not, Star Trek was never, even in, like, Captain Kirk Star Trek, right. like, it was never super action heavy. It was always, like, here we are in a strange place and we're gonna meet a strange character and we're yeah. gonna learn something. I'd say the pilot gets a little heavy handed at some points if that bothers you, but uh, keep pushing through because uh, the first episode has some cool elements. A new sci fi thing is that uh, uh, Nurse Temple. Uh, uh, who was from the original Star Trek series, but it's much cooler now, is like a biochemist who's like, I'll inject you with this, and then your body will change to look like the alien, and it's going to be really painful. Let's do it! <laughs> like, she'll inject you with She's a lot of enthusiasm. And like, the second episode, Ahura and them uh, are, are like, this this comet's going to hit this planet. We better blast out of the sky when they shoot it. It has a force field, and they're like, what? And then they get Ahura down there, and it's like an alien thing going on in this. And it's like classic Trek stuff that I love. Uh, Instead of that's... being like... Super the Klingons cool. are at war with the future or whatever they're yeah. doing now. I, I did see a post that like somebody like some like Fox News type article that was like like Star Trek is too woke and I was like they, I think Nichelle I, Nichols I think uh, I saw it on Twitter because somebody was like spinning you, in her grave. You could not make a more wrong statement about a thing which is like the inception of Star Trek the original Gene Roddenberry idea and in his original casting was this is the future. We are going to make it utopian in a way. Yeah. We're going to say this is where we get to. And where we get to is Nichelle Nichols and uh, George Takei and like diversity in the cast. Right. First interracial kiss. It's, it's pretty first... crazy. It doesn't feel, you don't know it's groundbreaking if you're watching it now. No, and that's, sci-fi has been doing that forever. Of, yeah. of saying, you know, everyone else is looking over here. And over here, we are doing the thing that you haven't managed to get your shit together for yet. Yeah. Right? Because right. no one is paying attention to us. But what is fascinating too is that a lot of the audience is like, was traditionally like younger men 
who now probably some of them grew up into the dudes who are like it's too woke and it's right, like what right. were you watching? They're seeing the original one. They're like yes, and that's exactly how diverse as I want the world to be. Nothing more than that. That's perfect. Right. <laughs> it, it's interesting of like who is learning what lessons. But in general, if Trek is being woke, that is in keeping with Trek. Yeah. And um, I, it makes me happy, and I'm excited for more of this. Aww. Because uh, I, I, I stopped watching uh, Discovery, and Picard just... What a bonkers show. I don't know if you know anything about what happens. I have happens. not watched a single episode of Picard. Okay, so in season two of Picard, Q shows up for the first time in a long time, mm. and is like, I'm doing another thing, snaps his fingers, and all of history has changed. And it's like, the Earth's environment is worse, and Picard's the leader of the Confederation. That's like the worst thing that happened to space ever, which, been there, done that for him. And, uh, and he and his crew, which includes Seven of Nine, who's human now, not a Borg, go back in time to 24th century Earth, Los Angeles, Santa Clarita, where they shoot the show, just up the street from NCIS. And now they do a Star Trek IV, the, uh, the, the Voyage, Voyage home, home, where they have to, like, to save, save the, the future by doing these, like, specific things. Um, Why does and, Q do any of this? Because Q's dying, and he doesn't want to die alone, and he, like, wants to also help uh, Picard to come to terms with something in his past. Oh, so it's, he it's therapy. Alone. Yeah, there's, like, a whole thing where it's, like, you also have to talk about the way... Your mother died and your dad was played by Gaius Baltar, which is really cool. <laughs> I'm into that. I do think uh, this is my my hot take, my controversial opinion, is that so many writers have done so much therapy that so many stories are starting to be just like about therapy. Hold on, I have to tell you the best part. Okay. So one of the villains in the present is, is the ancestor of the man who invents data, played by... Uh, uh, Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner. And his daughter is the girl who played Data's daughter in the first season of Picard. Whole thing. Uh, uh, and she's got this disease. She can't go outside. She discovers she's not just got a disease. She's like the latest in many iterations of clones that this guy is trying to like develop her and like runs out on him and leaves him alone. He's like destitute and broken and so mad at Picard beat him and all of these things. And he pulls a manila envelope out of a secret file that just says Project Khan on it. Oh my Which God. makes no sense. Because no- Khan is just a man's name. <laughs> and and he's an al- he's not even from I thought he was Earth, but is it's he like from he's Earth? he's from the, the, the like the genetic wars or the you know, the the eugenics wars, whatever they were. But Oh, there's so many layers to that. <laughs> it gets better. His daughter is then like, I'm free. I live I like got a cure, Q gave it to me, I'm like out in the park, what am I gonna do now? And then around a corner walks uh, Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton looking like just Will Wheaton, everyday, normal clothes, and he's like, hi, my name's Wesley Crusher. I am from the future. I am a cop of space and time, and he's like so happy and giddy about it. I was like, do you want to time travel with me and guard the time-space continuum? And she's like, sure, and they go, bye, and they're gone. I hate that. I hate that so much. It's like the worst kind of fan service. It's like, oh, we want to give these people like a happy ending, (laughs) but we also had no idea what to do with them. So So that's that's Picard. That's kind of their thing with Picard. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. But they're only doing one more season of that, so I'll probably watch it through to the end. Uh, But anyway, uh, do you have anything that you want to plug? Yeah, I will plug season three of Umbrella Academy, uh, which comes out on June 22nd. And in theory, the trailer comes out on uh, June seventh. Oh, okay, cool. Um, which was sort of kind of announced is that today, in like a vague... right before Stranger Things. So it, it's they have Geeks Week. Of 
course like, they do. Right. Okay. They love their weeks. For I am plugging this because I wrote on season three of Umbrella Academy. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> not just I a writer, also a fan. <laughs> I'm very excited to see it uh, and see people react to it. I'm also sort of excited for people to be like, it's the worst one. Then it, it'll justify. <laughs> like, it was because of me. <laughs> it'll justify all of my internal fears. Um, but it's uh, yeah. So they're announcing a ton of. Um, stuff in this Geeked Week, which is sure, like, it's like their the Comic-Con week of June 6th, yeah, yeah, June 7th, yeah. whatever. Um, so, so I don't remember. Stranger Things, the first, is the first uh, half coming out Memorial Day weekend? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, and then, so they'll probably promote the second half during that. Oh, great. Um, they, <laughs> they split their season, Stranger Things split their season in two, meaning that uh, our show had to be like, so when are we coming out? Yeah, right, because like, you're the two hits that they, especially from, like, 2019 into 2020. Right. We, I mean, we really got that, um, you know, 2020 had no big superhero movies come out. We were mm-hmm. all trapped in our houses, and then Umbrella came out right. during that summer, right. and, and Umbrella, people loved it. Yeah. I, I mean, I love season Huge two. Huge change of pace, too. Because, yeah. like, the only other superhero thing that year was The Boys season two. Yeah. And Different realms. Listen, The Boys Different is... Different audience. The Boys is great, um... But I prefer I prefer an umbrella. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little it's a little less mean. It's a little less gruesome. There's a lot of love. There's a lot Some of family. Some people are happy love. to be there. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's really like I love the family. They're mm-hmm. they're great. The actors are great. Uh, should be fun. So that is what I will plug. I don't think I have anything else. Excellent. And if you want to talk to Caitlin or me, you can find us on our Instagram, the Riverdale Register Podcast. Tell Caitlin how much you missed her. Seriously, she needs it. She lo- she would love that. Uh, and in the meantime, over and out, River Fixins.